The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV, the insane tasting and portable powder drink mix. So basically, Liquid IV is changing and enhancing the way we hydrate. Liquid IV uses breakthrough cellular transport technology, also known as CTT, to deliver hydration to the bloodstream faster and more efficiently than just water alone. I like to use this during and after a workout. For those of you who want to try it with me, the team at Liquid IV is offering all of our listeners 15% off at checkout when you enter the code SKINNY. 15. Definitely try this too. If you're jet lagged or hungover, you won't be sorry guys. So go to liquid-iv.com and enter code skinny15 at checkout to try this product. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. I have a high school diploma. I did not go to college. I don't have resources. I didn't have access. I didn't have money. I didn't come from a family that had any of those things. The only thing that I had is I will outwork you. I will be the first one there. I will be the last one to leave. I will do whatever needs to be done to get the job done, to get the next client, to get the resources, to get, I have always been that way. the only thing that could level the playing field with me and other people who were, who had all those things I didn't have. So I just, I'm so passionate about the idea of hard work and hard work means that you're gonna have to give up some stuff that you might rather be doing right now. It's like that quote that's like, um, I'm gonna, you're gonna live life in a certain way we're going to live life in a way that other people won't so you can have a life that other people can't. <clears throat> clear the pipes, clear the pipes. Here we go. One, two, one, two. Lauren, sound check. Can yeah. you hear me? I can hear you, Michael. We are live broadcasting. Here we go, everybody. Whoa. Is that my radio voice? Is your baby Botox wearing off? One, two, off? three. One, two, three. I think it wore off. I think my body digested it. Huh, Okay. Dr. D might have to come back to see you again. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Here we are. That clip was from our guest of the show today, best-selling author and entrepreneur, Rachel Hollis. On this episode, we discuss prioritizing your time to maximize results, the adoption process, overcoming childhood trauma, how to say no, a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset, and mommy shaming. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm Lauren Everts, the creator of The Skinny Confidential. And I am Michael Bostick. I am a business operator, entrepreneur, rock star husband, rock star co-host. Feeling froggy today. Had a uh, espresso shot at 5 p.m. Probably not a great idea. You also had a Coca-Cola too. Yep, and I'm Ooh. jacked up. And, but you know what? I thought I would need it because last night I got four hours of sleep. That's a whole other story. But uh, now I'm thinking I screwed myself because I'm going to be up all night. Great. Can't Hyper. Wait. Ready to go. We can watch Sopranos though. So there's that. I'm going to chloroform you tonight. I honestly welcome it. Could use a good chloroform. Knock me out. Speaking of chloroform or house hunting. <laughs> house hunting. You know what? We're, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done house hunting in this weather. It's way too hot. We're trying to, you know, we need it. We have the condo up here in LA. As many of you know, we're up here in LA full time now working. 
and we're moving out of San Diego, it looks like. But we still live in San Diego. People are asking me questions on Instagram. So we have at this point it's just like a very overpriced storage unit. So we have no, we have a house in San Diego that's the storage unit that I'm referring to. And then we have a small condo in LA that we use when we come up here. But now we're up here so much that we've been living out of this condo. And right now we have Taylor and Mimi here with us and we need to find more space. Yeah, no, I need to get a new place. And I have a list of demands that are pretty specific. Okay. I want bright light, lots of light needs to be light everywhere. I don't love carpet. Okay, Michael, I don't ask for much with that. Um, I want a bright light bathroom. I'd love a bathtub, maybe a fireplace. If I'm being honest, love maybe like a bar area. And I would love the kitchen to be matte white. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just build a new house. Anyways, I can't keep house hunting in this heat. Anybody, if there's anybody out there listening, just find us a house. If you're a broker, send us recommendations. Or a gravesite. You know what Lauren likes, LA brokers, if you're listening. I also need the backyard to be completely, um, like, like, we can't have the chihuahuas getting out, you know? So there can't be any holes anywhere. I'm specific. While we're on the subject, let's talk about household cleaning supplies. You know what I'm thrilled about, Michael Bostick? No, Lauren, what are you thrilled about? Fall. Okay. Fall? That's not what I was going to guess, but okay. Yes. I'm thrilled about fall. I mean, I know it's it's summertime right now, but it's so hot out and we're all melting and fall is around the corner. Okay. Nothing screams fall more than pumpkin. And don't mean to brag, but I just picked up Mrs. Meyer's latest products and guess what their scents are. Okay, guys? Pumpkin spice. What is up with all the girls loving the we pumpkin spice? We love our pumpkin. They took a play. They, they took a play out of the coffee playbook. Don't but, screw okay. around. Not only do they have pumpkin spice, guys, they have maple and nutmeg. Okay, and you know where I got them? I got them from my favorite place online to scoop up cleaning supplies, natural cleaning supplies, Grove Collaborative. So I started using Mrs. Meyer's products when I was living alone. Uh, like 10 years ago. And when I moved in with Michael, I strategically moved all his chemically products out of the way and moved in my Mrs. Meyers products. Okay. I love their laundry detergent. I love their air freshener. You should also know that they have a radish and honeysuckle scent. Okay. I get all these products on grove.co. It makes the whole buying natural cleaning supplies so, so seamless. You know, I love seamless. I'm very, very serious about this, guys. Grove makes everything easy to discover, the best non-toxic products. So when I shop on grove.co, I'm confident that I'm selecting the items that are good for me, my home, and the planet. Pixie and Boone, too. Plus, none of their products are tested on animals, which we love. Here's the deal. I'm busy. You're busy. We're all busy. So to have one spot to grab all your natural cleaning supplies is amazing. So basically, like I said, it's all my home essentials in one spot and they do the work for you because it's all natural. They also price match, which is insane. So you know, you're getting the best deals. Here's how it works. You get a hundred customizable auto shipments on your schedule. So edit, pause and cancel at any time, free shipping and returns, which we love and a hundred percent happiness guarantee. If you haven't already tried Grove, you guys have to try it today. Get that pumpkin pie spice, Miss Myers. And for a limited time, our listeners who sign up get an amazing $30 gift set, a free 60-day VIP membership, and a bonus gift just for you when you sign up and place an order of $20 or more. So check out Grove and our special offer at grove.co slash skinny. That's grove.co, not .com slash skinny. Guys have been doing it all wrong hanging out at the bars. All they got to do is hang a little pumpkin spice out of their pocket and stand on the street corner and get all the girls hang a little pumpkin spice out of their pocket it's like a it's like a fly catcher hmm, don't for, get any ideas i don't want to see anything hanging out of your pocket <laughs> 
All right, let's meet Rachel. Rachel Hollis is a best-selling author, TV personality, in-demand speaker, and founder and CEO of Chic Media. She's also a mother of four and a total badass. Rachel's tell-it-like-it-is attitude is a refreshing approach that allows her to authentically connect with millions of women around the world. Her blog, The Chic Site, chronicles everything from recipes to styling advice on a budget to parenting tips that she's learned on the job, plus more. Rachel's new book, Girl, Wash Your Face, is currently crushing it with over half a million copies sold. I think it's currently number one on Amazon's most sold top charts. Let's help it stay there, guys. With that, welcome Rachel to the Him and Her Show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Okay, Rachel, let's hop right into it. So you talk a lot about time. Time is money, and I think it's our most important asset. Uh, what's the vibe on the whole I don't have time thing? Like, what's your vibe on that? It drives me insane. I can't, I mean, just as a point of reference, I have four kids, you guys. That's a lot of, yeah, a lot of freaking kids. Four kids is the same as a thousand kids, in case you're wondering, in terms of the amount of effort it takes. Holy shit. I know. Um, running a business with a staff of 10, working 60 hours a week. I just released my sixth book. My seventh will come out next month. When do you find time to do all these things? When do you find time to chase your goals? People ask me that all, all of the time. And it drives me insane because... We all have the same amount of hours. It's just, how are you choosing to use yours? I haven't watched TV in a decade. I cannot tell you a single thing that's happening on any any sort of Netflix, anything, because I would love to know what This Is Us is all about. I would love to know how great that show is. Everyone talks about it. But what I would love more is to have another book. What I would love more is to train for a marathon. What I would love more are all of these different things and goals that I set for myself. So for me, it's, you know, success is the difference between um, choosing between what you want right now and what you want most. What you want now is to stay in bed. What you want now is to lay around. What you want now is to watch the show. But what do you want most? So don't tell me that you don't have time. Let's figure out how we can better utilize the time that we've got. You know, when you take a, a drink of something, you go, ah. Mm-hmm. That's how I want to be. Like, that's refreshing, right? That's refreshing. <laughs> do it, do it. You go, ah. Yeah. No, because we talk about that. this. We talk about this a lot, and and I think that you you touched on it multiple times. Is that if you prioritize the things that you want later in life, you'll get them. It's just not prioritizing those things in the short term is what make it's what holds you back. Absolutely. Because everybody does have the same amount of time, and it drives me nuts when people say, "Oh, well, this person started here, or this person started there." It's like, yes, those are all factors, but you can get whatever you want if you put in the time and if you prioritize right. Yeah, I think when I look at my career, I've been an entrepreneur for fourteen years and the success that I've had over that time, I have a high school diploma. I did not go to college. I don't have resources. I didn't have access. I didn't have money. I didn't come from a family that had any of those things. The only thing that I had is I will outwork you. I will be the first one there. I will be the last one to leave. I will do whatever needs to be done to get the job done, to get the next client, to get the resources, to get, I have always been that was the only thing that could level the playing field with me and other people who were, who had all those things I didn't have. So I just, I'm so passionate about the idea of hard work and hard work means that you're going to have to give up some stuff that you might rather be doing right now. It's like that quote that's like, um, I'm going to, you're going to live life in a certain way it, or you're going to live life in a way that other people won't. So you can have a life that other people can't. 
What are some sacrifices that you've made? Gosh, what a good question. Uh, time with my kids, uh, time with my husband, time to relax and rest. That's the hardest thing for me. I don't know if you guys struggle with that as an entrepreneur and you're building this business, but um, it's the question I get most often, like, how do you rest? How do you? I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. I really struggle with it because um, it's like your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. And mine is I can outwork you. But then the weakness is I don't know how to shut that off. So I think sometimes that has manifested in um, issues with my health or pushing too hard, not getting enough sleep or anxiety. There's a lot of things that I've had to um, navigate or weigh against. I'm going to put in this time, but it's not without like every yes that you give is a no to something else. And I think it's only in the last handful of years that I've really understood you got to make sure that the thing you're saying yes to is worth what you're going to have to give up in the interim. Well, it's a really self-aware way to be, right? A lot of people say work, 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 and they don't understand the toll it takes on the other side, right? Or they say rest, 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 and then they don't understand the other side. So it's 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 it comes down to what you really want in life. Like if you're happy making those sacrifices and that's what truly makes you happy, the entrepreneurial journey and and, and just success, however you define it, then it's fine, right? Where I think people, where this message of work, 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 gets people in trouble is if you don't really want those things and you're just trying to do them because, you know, somebody said I have to outwork you or I have to hustle, hustle, hustle. You know, not everyone has to do that. Some or people are fine. you're sitting around complaining but about it. Yeah. I believe if you want the things in life that you want and that I want and I believe Lauren wants, then yes, you have to make those sacrifices and you can't, you can't have it both ways. I want to go back to where this started. Like give us, how did, how did you grow up? What's your childhood? So I grew up in Bakersfield, California, which is about two hours north of here and feels very much like you picked up a West Texas town and dropped it into California. So huge ag culture, farmers, everyone drives a truck and wears Wranglers. My family on both sides was from Oklahoma. So I have um, a very Southern minded culture on both sides of my family. Uh, really hard childhood lots of trauma, um, parents, marriage, uh, absolute disaster for as long as I can remember, um, you know, knock down, drag out, punch holes in the wall, those kind of fights. Between and, your parents. Mm -hmm. And I was the baby of four kids and was also very independent. So I, I can look back now as a mother and think, well, were you independent or were you just, it wasn't necessary for you to take care of yourself because there was nobody else to do it. So by the time it got around to raising me, I think my parents were so wrapped up in their own stuff that I was largely ignored. So I really raised myself and from a very early age. And I'm a big believer that life isn't happening to you, it's happening for you. So I'm able to look back on that childhood and go, okay, that, that stuff was hard, but the good things that came out of it were, um, I am, super independent i can figure things out i can get stuff done um the do you guys do enneagram do you know your enneagram numbers what what's no, that we can, we can tangent for a, you want to tangent for a second holy tangent. crap oh my what's gosh enneagram i don't know what that is it's e-n-n-e-a-g-r-a-m if anyone wants to look it up it's been around since like ancient greece so it's personality types divided into numbers so oh, I've heard, yeah i've yeah. heard about this but so i've never done it yeah google it like free enneagram test.com what if mine's 666 i mean it's one number oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um it's so so interesting so my number is uh three which is an achiever an achiever is typically made in the exact kind of childhood that i had which was i was largely ignored unless i did something good 
if I got an A on the test or I scored a goal in the soccer game or I got a part in the play, then I got praise. And to a little kid, praise looks like love. So can you tell I've done a lot of therapy and a lot of, I'm like, let me just walk you through. Um, So for me, I learned at a really early age that, or I believed that in order to be loved, you you had to perform. So that's why, you know, shot out of the gate, I graduated high school a year early in an attempt to try and get out of the chaos that our family home was and moved to Los Angeles at 17, got a job at Miramax Films back when working at Miramax meant uh, meant something and just worked my butt off, just worked my butt off. Had my older sister's ID because I was at that point when I got the job I was 18, but I had Melody's ID. So I was old enough to like go get a drink with the people after nobody knew my age. Um, and I just, it was a, it was kind of the wild, wild west in a production company that you could potentially pull that off if you're willing to, you know, make $12 an hour and not get paid overtime. And it was, I was a country mouse. I was this little chubby girl in her Payless shoes who all of a sudden found herself working, you know, the Oscar after party and movie premieres and press junkets. And, um, I was exposed to events through that. And started to, just like naive and dumb enough to think like, I could probably do this myself. And uh, I decided to start an event planning company. So fast forward to, um, I'm 21, 20, yeah, 21, and newly married. And I quit my job on a Friday afternoon, was working at a different production house at that point, quit my job and decided to start this event planning company on Monday morning and just hustled like no other way to like just please god send me one client my only mission was i had left a job that made thirty eight thousand dollars and i just wanted to make at least thirty eight thousand dollars to make up for the income to make up for the income because i didn't want to put that on dave to cover i want to ask you i want to go back just a little bit so if you grow up but let's call it like an achievement complex Mm -hmm. right if somebody's listening that's grown up with similar trauma or a trauma where they feel the same way they have to achieve or they they're overachievers how do you now balance that as an adult? Like if you could go back 20 years now and give your younger self advice on how to balance this, what would you tell yourself? The irony is I wouldn't take it back because I have achieved what I have the success that I have because of the way that I was raised. That's what I really feel passionate about. Like nothing is nothing is wasted and nothing is lost. I feel the same way. I yeah. feel like you can let it victimize you or fuel you. A hundred percent. Total choice. A hundred percent. I think how it manifested for me negatively as an adult was I really was a workaholic. I mean, I worked until I was sick. I couldn't see straight. I, I mean, I just, it was bad. And um, I did this the worst when I had um, two toddlers. So I am excellent at work. I'm so good. I can do all the things. I can run the company. I can motivate you. I can lead a team. And then I would go home. And do you all have kids? Not yet. Okay. Okay. Scare us silly. It's, it's hard. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's, we tell every, like, we're just like, wait as long as you can. It's so freaking hard. It's so wonderful. My kids are amazing. But it's really, really, really hard. Um, sorry. Do you want me to really scare you or no? Um, no, it's wonderful. And when it happens, like, it's going to be great. Um, but it's also going to be a punch in your face. Uh, because I was trying to build a business and working and doing all of this stuff. And I was excellent at work. And I felt like I was failing as a mom. 
and most mothers will tell you they feel like they're failing as a mom. So did you get like uh, other moms like kind of beat you up saying, "Oh, you're working, you're not taking care." Yeah. yeah, I was just talking about that's this. what What's I. What's it yeah. called when other moms judge you? Like shaming you, mommy yeah. guilt, all of that. Especially, I mean, women do this. Unfortunately, women do this the most. Why do they do? Why do they do that? I think when you're insecure, you pick on other people. I think it's like junior high. Like you have insecurities, so you're gonna pull her apart, so nobody notices your stuff. Don't you just be able to be like, fuck off. I like, feel it's like my I'm going right? to be so gnarly. I'm going to be like, mind your own fucking business. Yeah. I mean, it has to be like, hopefully you have a community that's going to support you being whatever kind of mom you're going to be. But um, for me, I was constantly going up against, it's like the big debate. And I hate that this is a thing, but like stay at home moms versus working moms. And oh my gosh, and you're not here and you miss the school thing and whatever. So I, because I, felt like I was failing at home and felt like I was winning at work, I threw myself even harder into work. Well, I think it's really important that women, and, and this is maybe counterintuitive, maybe I'll get in trouble again for the 50th time on the show, but don't in a way, don't you kind of have to put yourself first and your own happiness first before you can do a good job of taking care of your children or that no? That is 100% what you should be doing, but very few people are going to agree with us on that. I mean, I speak to women all over the world, it's a big part of my job, and I will ask them to make a list of their priorities. And I... Uh, hands down, without question, I'm always like, okay, where are you on the list? Well, listen, aren't you? If you're They're a miserable never person, on the list. they're know. never on the list. They don't. But that's so obvious and like fantastic person to want to make a child with that you get this because so my facial massage is going to be pretty <laughs> fucking high up there. Just so everyone's no, I mean, really clear. And I might want you to be the room mom, and I would love a couple nannies and maybe yeah. a chef and a personal yeah. trainer. I, yeah. Like well, I don't ask for it, much. It's pretty common. Yeah. Like I mean, now we're on a real tangent, but it's common. It's like if I come home from work every day miserable, or if Lauren comes home and then the then the kids there, then you're gonna that's gonna rub off on the yeah, kid, you right? Imagine how I am in the morning. It's yeah. gonna be twenty times worse when I have kids. I don't know. Let me if just. I, I'm I don't gonna, do self care. I'm gonna bow out of this before I get the, the emails and the and no, the messages gonna so come. It's so essential. You can't take care of other people well if your cup is empty. And so many women, I can't tell you how many emails and DMs I get every single day from women just saying, I have nothing left. I've got three kids or I've got two kids or I'm trying to do this or that. I have nothing left to give. And I feel like shame on you. Shame on you for getting to this place where you have given everything of yourself to other people instead of caring for you. You're, it's like when you're on a plane, they tell you, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before helping a child. Because if you're dead, if you're depleted, if you're gone, you don't have anything to give them. And I promise you that kids, for any of us who grew up with parents who were miserable, that didn't serve us. That didn't help us. It made us fearful. It gave us anxiety or it taught us horrible lessons. But this isn't serving you and it's not serving your babies. Speaking of taking care of yourself, let's talk about hydration. When you're hydrated, you have better skin, better sleep, and better energy. Enter Liquid IV. Lauren, I must be the most hydrated guy in the world because I cannot stop drinking this stuff. I love the lemon lime and I love the new flavor, passion fruit. I take this stuff in the office, carry it in my bag, almost said purse because I've had to carry yours so many times. I've been around too many females, I think, but I do love liquid IV. For those of you that don't know what liquid IV is, they've been a sponsor of this show for a long time. It is a new drink mix that we've both been adding to our waters and it's a game changer. 
Essentially, Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that utilizes CTT or cellular transport technology, if you want to be fancy with it, to deliver hydration to the bloodstream faster. When you're working out, staying in shape, traveling, jet lagged, had a night of drinking, it's also very important to stay hydrated, and this stuff is the answer. Honestly, I tell everybody about it. I carry it, put it in my water, put it in the hydro flask. It tastes really good. It almost feels like drinking one of those sports drinks that you had when you were a kid. If I'm being real, I was a little hungover because my dad and I had too much tequila and chips and salsa last night. And the passion fruit, which is their newest flavor, was in my white hydro flask today. I was handing it out in the office today, everyone, but then I got a little greedy with it because I, my, my supply was running low, so I had to take it back. Uh, my go-to flavor was the lemon-lime flavor, which is still great, but my new flavor is the passion fruit, just probably because it's new and, you know, change. Anyways, Liquid IV hydrates you up to two to three times faster than water alone and contains three times the electrolytes of sports drinks. I really like this product because it has clean and simple ingredients. You know, I love that. It's made in the United States. There's no artificial sweeteners, colors, flavors, preservatives. It's free of gluten, dairy, and soy, and it's also 100% vegan. And do, so, you, do you know what I did the other day? I have to just add this in. I know it's not in your notes. I actually put it into ice cubes with water and then put a berry in each cube. So my ice cubes were frozen liquid IVs with little berries in them. And then I added that to my water. Well, that sounds amazing, but that's, you're a little bit turbo. <laughs> no, but, it's but so But for anyone good. out there that wants to be turbo like Lauren, Michael, you just put ahead. water and liquid IV in there and look a couple berries. It's perfect. All right. Okay, so for those of you that want to try that or just try it alone without the berries and the ice cubes like Lauren, the team at Liquid IV is offering all of our listeners 15% off at checkout when you enter code SKINNY15 at checkout. Definitely try this if you're jet lagged or you're hungover or you just need that little hydration boost. So go to liquid-iv.com and enter code SKINNY15 at checkout. Again, that's liquid-iv.com and SKINNY15 at checkout. I also think that it's important too to serve your partners, like like sometimes maybe even before the kids. Like yeah. The well, sex yes, Lauren. Yeah. Ser- serve me. Uh, yes. <laughs> it is. Well, our biggest and this this freaks people out too. But our biggest commitment. Dave is my best friend. He's been my best friend since we met. We'll be married fourteen years next week. I've been together sixteen, and um, that our commitment to each other is our first commitment. If we're not happy, if our marriage isn't strong and thriving and doing great, um, we're not going to be able to show it for them. We're not going to be able to create a safe or happy house if we're not in love and supporting each other. So, yeah. So what ways do you practice self-care? I made a list. Actually, I'm getting really good at this. And I hate that I have to be so intentional about it. It really doesn't come naturally to me to be like, let's rest. But uh, I sat down at the beginning of this year. This was so great. And I, for the first time ever, audited my calendar from 2017. So it took me about three hours. I went through every single appointment in 2017. Think about this, right? And I made a list of like, did this serve me? Did this help my business grow? Did Was this good? And the amount of wasted time, wasted energy, chasing projects that didn't come to fruition was so upsetting. Oh my gosh, because you know the 80-20 principle? Yep. So it's like, dang it, I'm spending 80% of my time chasing stuff that doesn't matter. Uh, so I made this list and amongst that, I did, I identified like what are the things that make that are life-giving, that make me feel like refreshed and renewed. For me, that's time with my girlfriends, uh, vacation, date nights, um, massages, 
and like really good dinners like not that I make where we go somewhere and we have like a 10 course like that's my love language um and so I just started <laughs> sad but I just started making a list like every time I do that for dinner with friends or I go get a massage or I do I just put a little check mark I like I'm keeping track of it throughout the year to try and beat last year's numbers because they were really low um being really intentional about a vacation every quarter where we get away without our children because when you take your kids it's not a vacation it's a trip um, so I'm really intentional with those things that give me life, though they might not be what give other people energy or life, but those are mine. I am at the point in my business, and this is maybe a selfish question, where I'm having trouble saying no. And yesterday I, I kind of had a breakdown to Michael, and, and I just told him, I, I was like, every single time I go to my email inbox, I want to blow my head mm-hmm. off. Do you have any tips for me and for the audience that feel like we're just on this hamster wheel every time we open our email or our text message, even text message, by the way, it's yeah. so overwhelming. Yeah. So I have a couple thoughts on this. My first question, just this is out of curiosity as someone who sort of lives in a similar lane to you. Do you feel like you say yes because there was a time where you wanted work so bad? Because I feel like that's where my yeses come from is like, is not this going to go away? Like yeah. Scarcity. scarcity. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm like, wait a minute. That's not this is not real so probably first for me is identifying like why do I have this desire Um, my friend Jen has this great saying where she says if it's not a hell yes if your initial gut reaction is not hell yes it's a no which is like that's a really and does that work for your friend a hundred percent and I have learned to be really honest with people and just say because here's the deal um, every I said this earlier, but every yes that you give is a no to a thing that you actually want to do. Is a no to time together. Is a no to whatever you're into. Every yes, you're giving away a personal, personal time. Um, so I've gotten really good at saying no. I think a new thing for me, and this is about a month old, and it's legitimately life changing. I don't know what your staff situation is with with the business um I, people don't have access to my email anymore oh it's changed my life yeah, not but how kidding. do you do that I have an assistant who every like if people think they're sending a note to me they're actually sending it Michelle filters it and there's only certain things that I want to see the rest is farmed out to the appropriate person on my team and I made a new secret email address and 10 people have it and those looks like my publisher and and all the people that we work with know why you email me because there's two, I mean, I really do. It's like so overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that's coming. And I feel like I'm sure you get this all the time because you're it's a different level. But in the last two months with the growth of everything, and I don't I don't mean this to sound so terrible, but it feels like everybody wants something from me. OK, it's not just me. Well, I look at it. I look at it <laughs> like, this way, right? Like it's there's I look at email and text message and phone is all the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like if somebody just called you out of the blue, anybody, any of us, anybody listening, they called you out of the blue and they just asked for something. And they said, hey, can you get this done for me ASAP, <laughs> yes. right? You'd probably hang up or not pick up. I look at emails in the same light where if it's if it's something that somebody's coming and, and telling me I need to get something done right away, if it doesn't serve what I, my overall mission and my overall long-term goal, then sometimes it, it won't get a response or sometimes it'll get a like, hey, can't do this. I think that we've gotten into a state here where 
the email is a space where people work mm-hmm. and it's like a it's a workplace right it's like you're, you it's like clocking in but it should be a space where you're getting things done mm-hmm. not where you're not where you're answering to every beck and call of yeah every you're, individual. it's like you're on defense instead of offense it shouldn't so be that it shouldn't be that way it, someone uh, an email coming into your inbox is someone else trying to give you their priority and the problem is that like if you're trying to check off your boxes and make sure things are done oftentimes it feels like this anxiety of i've got to get through these emails to have done my and four days go by and I realize wait like on Monday I wrote down my intention and my goal for this week and I haven't even touched it because I've been doing other people's stuff so I can't scale and grow this company if I'm constantly doing what other people need me to do instead of what my goals are that is great listen there's going to be some crossover right but you have to again it's prioritizing Mm -hmm. right like maybe when when cousin Sal reaches out and says hey should we get coffee on Wednesday at 10 a.m. when during the work like that probably he's not going to get a response yeah. right it's not that I, it's not that i'm trying to be a dick or trying to be mean or, or don't like the person it's just that it doesn't make sense for the for everything else going on yeah. right and so you don't have to feel obligated unless your intention is to follow up with someone and say yes and then follow through with that commitment then yeah. all you're doing is prolonging a bad yeah. conversation or yes. hurting someone's feelings or yes. creating work for yourself so it's it's, yeah. it's a lose-lose that way well i think the great thing about having someone else handle it if that's an option for you is that then it's not you being hurting someone's feelings bowing out no it's like someone else is like you know what Lauren's schedule's insane she can't she's not even gonna be able to like touch this until August we'd love to circle back with you then but this is not something she can take on right now I'm gonna record what you well, just said and, and us as, actually us as individuals it. if you're making cold emails or you're reaching out to somebody that you want to connect with and you know they're busy like we have to get out of the state of mind where we're offended when we yeah. don't get you know you can't yeah you can't take people's time mm-hmm. also I think it needs to be a give 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 ask I'm you know you get so many emails it's like can can you promote this for me yes can you do this for me and I just have always have come from this mindset where if I want something it's always a give give mm-hmm. give and then if there is an ask yeah. you ask you don't just ask or yeah. you don't give an ask well the crazy thing to me too I feel like is this is not strangers asking I don't know if you have this it's like brands friends people high school friends. yeah you're like this is so I, I sometimes, and I'm excited, I'm moving to another state, so I'm getting a new cell phone number and very few people are getting access to this, but I sometimes want to just screenshot the conversation and send it back to the person like, do you see that the last 10 text messages you've sent me are things you asking me to do stuff not how are you not like hey i'd love to take you lunch but just like can we send you this product to put in your answer can we and it's like it hurts my feelings because then i think i mean we just went to a therapy session but i'm like were we ever friends or do you just Michael's want to give you advice it here comes, about expectation yeah give well, it, he well, has the best advice here because i was well, no, it's, about and this it's not just day. my advice but it's a way i live where i just don't have any expectations really of anybody right and i and i don't and i don't mean that in a, i know you laugh but in a mean you'd way you'd like a sandwich and a bj once no, in a while meaning this. Me, so that's an expectation listen i have i have people on my teams and i have people that i'm in relationships with where you know they're the level of expectation like i don't if if they were to bow out or not meet you know a task i wouldn't be so pissed like i don't i don't have an expectation that they perform at a certain level i look at it as i appreciate when they do Right. So when you look at it that way, like, wow, I really appreciate how this person on my team's performing, or I really appreciate this person relationship or a friendship, then I'm never, I'm never let down. But if I expect them to perform at that level all the time and then they don't, Mm. then I'm living in a state of like, I'm let down all the time and then I'm pissed off and then I'm upset. I wonder what your Enneagram number is. (laughs) (laughs) But I was thinking like back to the email thing. It, we're, and, and this isn't anything in life we have to get as a population and as a person you have to get in a state of mind where it's like you provide value first 
Yes. Always first. You're always providing value up front. And then again, if somebody reciprocates, then you appreciate it as opposed to expecting it. So just saying like, hey, this person has a platform and can do me a favor. So let me reach out to them, cold email and ask them to do it. Mm-hmm. That's just not how life works. And even for brands out there, when you're sending an influencer something and you send them a gift and then they follow up and they say, well, when are you posting? Yes. What is that? And there's not even a like, oh gosh, that sounds terrible, but there's not even a, I didn't even tell you I wanted that thing. I didn't pick it out. That's not even my style. That's, but now you're upset because you, that's not how it works. And the funny thing is half the time I love it and I'm going to post it. Yeah. It's just like, give me one yeah. second. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a great piece of advice is, um, to send a, a lot of times people just send product with zero, just like, here's something. And if I like it, I will of course post it and tag you. But if you ask me, if you follow up, if you bug my assistant, if you're, how dare you? Well, Gary, <laughs> Gary V has probably the best take on this where it's like, and he, and he wrote a, a book about it, but mm-hmm. it's like give, 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 and then without expectation. But mm-hmm. what people forget is they think give, 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 and then I'm owed something. It's like, no, you forget the last most important part without expectation. Yeah. It's like, you know, you might give your all, you might provide the most value, you might gift somebody this, you might send them this, but you, you can't expect something in return because they're not asking, right? Like, yeah. and that's, and that's important. I think as soon as people start playing life that way, then they're going to start to grow. Yeah. I want to give some advice to our audience. So what would your advice be for someone who's unhappy in their job? They're sitting at their nine to five, maybe listening to this podcast and they just really want to go for their dream. Where would you tell them to kind of start? Well, the the entire reason I wrote the book was because I, I got so many direct messages and emails from women all over the world asking for advice. How do I do this? How do I save my marriage? How do I leave this job? How do I? And my what I wanted to say to them, but I couldn't because I felt like it was so mean and because I didn't have time to fully go into it with people was stop reaching out to a stranger on the internet and fix your own life. Um, so I wrote the book because I wanted, I hope women to understand that they are fully in control of what happens next. You are in charge of your life. If you don't like your job, change your job. If you don't like your partner, work on your relationship or leave. If you don't like that you don't have money, if you don't like that you're in debt, all of these things you can control. I think oftentimes it feels like life is living us, like we're just sort of being tossed around with the tide when the reality is, it's not easy, but you can take control and get to a different place than you are right now. So if it was me, and it was me at a time, I had a really crappy boss. I didn't want to do it anymore. I thought I could have my own business. What did I know how to do? Well, I knew how to plan events because I had been doing it for a couple of years. I also knew I lived in Los Angeles, which was a huge space for weddings. So I thought, well, I could do this. I did the math, and I thought, I think I think I'm smart enough to figure this out. And I jumped. And this is probably terrible advice. But truthfully, I believe if you throw yourself in the deep end, you'll learn how to swim. No, it's not. It's not bad advice. <laughs> I'll tell you why. It's people, people go so crazy about this in the job space. You can go back. Yeah. Like you could go back to that shitty job. Yes. And you could go back to that thing you hate. But if you don't take the leap, you'll never know, right? Yeah. Like people think like, but listen, you already got a shitty job that you hate. I'm not attacking yeah. you, but I'm, yeah. anybody out there, you got a bad yeah. job you don't like. And that's why you want to leave it you can go get a job like that again. So take the leap. Like that's why it's not bad advice. It's practical. Yeah. I think that a lot of people too are beating to the tune of their parents' drum. Mm, Absolutely. I think that's a big one. And I think that's a choice as well. Yeah. 
Well, so many, especially for women, um, are living into other people's expectations for their lives or what they believe society's expectations are for their lives. And if it doesn't look a certain way, act a certain way, feel a certain way, if you haven't made a certain amount of money or gotten married or own a home or whatever it looks like in your community, you're judging yourself as not enough because you're judging yourself based on what other people think. And it sounds so, you know, simple and easy to say, but honestly, the greatest gift you could give yourself is to stop caring what other people think of you. Well, this is a perfect segue for my next question. And here's the other thing. Society doesn't give a shit. Nobody they gives don't. a shit. They're thinking about themselves. <laughs> like, I hate it. Like they're I mean, thinking about themselves. Like you're, not Michael's actually... thinking about his hair. And his next question. Yeah. I'm about if, to no, ask if mine. I was if I was going to write a book, I would say I would call it "Nobody Gives a Shit." Like, yeah. You know, think about how many times you like embarrass yourself, or you make a jump, or you have a fair like. Nobody really cares. Like they're saying, "Oh, okay, that sucks," and then they're going to go start worrying about themselves again. So. I, I think like this deep-rooted fear that we have in, in what other people think is so false, yeah. right? People Agreed. just, they just don't have that much time to think about you. Yeah. So my, my question was going to be, uh, the comparison game on social media, mm-hmm. there it's going, it's, it's, yep. it's gnarly. It's yeah. rough. I mean, we've, I feel like we've all been sucked into it. What are some tips and tricks that you kind of do to check yourself before you wreck yourself? <laughs> so I have a couple here. Um, two things one I heard this years ago and I swear I do it and it sounds so cheesy but it's real is uh, when I find myself if I'm scrolling through Instagram's my favorite platform so if I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see someone who's in a similar field it's usually a similar field where I'm like oh like oh my gosh she has three times the followers I have it's like this gut I wish I didn't think that but sometimes I do or dang it her hair is so pretty or her body is this or her whatever um if my reaction is because I feel like it's that scarcity, right? So if I feel like she's gotten something that I really wanted, like she's gotten more followers, she got a three book deal, she got a this, I immediately make myself stop and pray for more success for her. I heard someone say this years ago, and it is such an incredible practice of that's not who I, that's not who I am, but I want to be the kind of person that's rooting for your success instead of being jealous of it. And there's something about forcing myself into that space that changes my mindset. Like, yeah, there's enough for us all. If she is succeeding, we're succeeding, women are growing in business. These are all good things for what we're doing. Um, number one. Number two, I think if you're consuming media, and it's making you feel badly about yourself, your body, your hair, your this, your that. Either change your mindset or stop following that person. Stop consuming that media. You are not required to follow beautiful girls on Instagram if it makes you feel like crap. If you are not in a a healthy headspace yet where you're like, man, her beauty doesn't negate my own, then then just unfollow them until you're in a better place. And you can come back to it. But if every time you see them in your feed, you're like, oh, I'm garbage. Like, I didn't, I'm never going to be that pretty. I'm not, then what are you doing, sis? This is not serving you. If, it, if you're actually beating yourself up because you're consuming it, then you have to stop. I would also say figure out what the core issue is. Like if you're, you know, if you're looking at somebody and you say they have this and I don't like, is that really about what they have or is is that about what you know you could be doing to get it that you're not doing, right? Yeah. Or if they look a certain way, whether it's like, you know, maybe they're in shape, it's like, does that say that it's about your, you know, some things are your genetic, but you know, look at something and say, you know, I know that I could be trying harder. Like, I think a lot of the time the way that you react to things says more about your internal issues yeah. than it does about the way you look at somebody else, right? Yeah. Um, actually, I was talking to a girlfriend about this the other day um, who was another influencer, and she was saying that she had seen the success of 
the of my book and that she's like honestly my gut reaction was like I was so jealous of you and I was really mad at myself for being jealous and I was so like not for you in the success that you're having and then she said she realized it's like this had nothing to do with you this was because I've always wanted to write a book and I don't put in the time and the hours to get it done and so when I see other people having success in the area that I know that I could be doing something and I'm not then I get down on myself so it's not about the it's not about the person it's about how do you change what you're doing so you're at a level where you're at least taking steps in the direction of that goal one of the reasons I love doing this show, and we talked about it on some previous shows, is that we can have conversations around new subjects that we haven't explored. Adoption being one of them, never we've never talked about it, and there's yeah. a lot of stigma around adoption. Yeah, let's destigmatize it. Let's talk about it. What does that? What does the process look like for somebody who's unfamiliar with it? Yeah. So for us, um, we our family motto, and this has been our motto since we were first dating, is to whom much is given, much is expected, and we really feel like we have been given this incredible not given because we've worked really hard to get where we are, but we have this incredible platform and um, we have amazing resources and just we have lives that we didn't have growing up. And with that in our minds comes the responsibility to um, as often as possible give back and show up in spaces that maybe other people aren't. And for us, that felt like we were called to adopt. So we felt really um, passionately that we wanted to adopt. Um, How many children did you have at this point? Three, three, three boys. Okay. Yeah. And we wanted to adopt a daughter. And so we originally started with international adoption because ironically, we wanted a place where we wouldn't have any involvement with the biological parents. And so we thought, oh, we'll do international adoption. So once the baby's here, then they can't take her back or whatever. So we started with Ethiopia um, and there's a ton that goes into international adoption, but you have to choose your country before you go, you do anything. And so we chose Ethiopia because most children there are in orphanages because of um, poverty versus um, like, let's say Eastern Europe where they're in orphanages because of drugs and alcohol use. And we didn't feel like we were equipped to handle that because we already had three kids. And so we started with Ethiopia. We were in that program for about a year and a half and you just slowly work your way up a list. Like there's a list of let's say 50 families and then the family at the top gets a baby and then the next one and then and you just work. And do you have interaction with the children during this process? No, okay. no, we hadn't been matched yet. Once you are matched, they're like, this is your kid. It could take three more years, but this is your kid. And so that can be so then if you don't get that kid that's where the trauma sets in or is that or am I incorrect no no so for us um we never got matched okay. in the Ethiopia program and um, they actually closed down their adoptions with the U.S. because of I now understand a really um horrible human trafficking so um unfortunately Ethiopia is a um a hard country where a lot of the children who've I shouldn't say a lot because now I'm going to get angry emails, but many children who've been placed with um families outside of Ethiopia um believe that it's an orphan and really it's um someone's taken a child from a impoverished family and then put them it's horrible so they had to close down the program until they could get a handle on it um so once that was done we were like what are we going to do we've we've spent a year and a half um almost two years here and really really did not want to do independent adoption which is when you're um use lawyers and you're matched with a, a mom because i felt like I can say now because that's where we ended up, but I honestly felt like, are we 
buying a baby like are we it's like what celebrities do right they you know and I just was like I wanted to be of service and not I don't know so I felt weird about it so we decided uh, can you explain the difference to me when you say buying a baby what's I don't really well because understand. it costs money okay. so you're you're paying legal fees you're paying the mom's legal fees you're not really I understand now it was like super I didn't know what I was talking about but because it's so expensive I mean fifty thousand dollars um it feels like okay not it feels, is, it feels transactional yes yeah, yeah. so um we decided to uh adopt from LA County because there are children obviously in foster care here in LA County um just as a we're we're really passionate about foster care um there are half a million children in the US who are in foster care right now which is um just imagine how many football stadiums that is of little kids who are in care and the system is so broken and so hard um but we decided to to do to adopt from foster care in LA you have to commit to being foster parents before you get put in the adoption program. So you're going to be foster parents for kids you don't keep. Um, And we had three boys and we both have full time. We're like, how in the world are we going to be? How are we going to do this? Um, And how are kids going to handle like someone coming in and then leaving? And we just were like, all right, we're going to try. Um, And we did it. And it was the hardest summer of our entire. Oh, my God, it was so hard. It was so, so hard because we got a little girl, 11 months old. And then a few weeks later, they called and said, she has a two year old sister. Can you please, please, please take her sister? Um, And in retrospect, we shouldn't have done that. But it's so hard when someone's telling you like there's a two year old who has nowhere to go. And we just said yes and going from three kids to five and both the two little girls had just massive trauma and um we had them for about four months and then they transitioned back out um which was um one of the worst days of my life except for the death of my brother because um can't ex- I, I, a baby's never supposed to leave your house ever and these little girls had been in foster care their whole lives so um Uh, when we had to go I had to go put them in the car with a social worker they don't know and what was so horrific about it to me was that it didn't bother them at all when they showed up at my house on the first day the two-year-old said hi mommy and when I put them in the car with a social worker she said bye mommy and it's like they were conditioned they were conditioned that this was what happens now now we're going to go back to mom and dad and we're going to try this again um and then uh, we, I, I told my husband, like, I need a minute before we can, I can't process, I just couldn't. And they called a month later and said, hey, we have newborn twins. We never thought we were going to have two, but they were like, you just had two. So you're in the system is able to take two. We have newborn twins. They've been abandoned at the hospital. Um, no names, no family, nothing. Um, there, you have 20 minutes to decide. Because with babies that little, they have to make it. And we were like, oh, my, it was crazy. And we said, he's at work. I'm at work. We're on the phone. Um, We said the biggest yes of our entire lives. And we went to a hospital and got our daughters. um, And we had them for six weeks. And I, because they had been abandoned, it honestly did not occur to me that there was any scenario where we were not raising these babies forever. Um, And we named them. And, oh, my, uh, it was like, ugh. Um, and then we found out that their dad wanted them back. And in California, um, and most states, biological family has. Um, First right. Yeah. So um, they left too. And that was um, honestly horrific for me because it felt like someone had died. 
um, I, and I don't mean that disrespectfully because I know people listening, there are people who've lost babies, but um, I had daughters and then I didn't. And I didn't know where they were or were, were they being cared for? Were they being let? I didn't know. And I still to this day don't know where they are or what happened to them. Um, but I, I, like I said earlier, after that I was done. And Dave said, please, please, please just one more time. Like all my friends have told me about this lawyer um, who had worked with a lot of people and um, at his job. He's like, let's just take a meeting. Let's just take a meeting. And so um, we go sit down with this lawyer and he's telling me the process to adopt independently is um, a, a birth mother has to choose your family out of like a photo album, which is crazy. And then her lawyer and your lawyer work together to um, like you basically cover all of her medical costs. Um, so it's it's not buying a baby at all, but it definitely has that stigma. Um, and we met with this lawyer and we left and Dave decided to take me to lunch and um, I'm still not convinced that I want to do this and we went to Bouchon in Beverly Hills we're sitting out on that patio and he's like let me get you a glass of wine and we're just kind of talking about the last five years and he's trying to convince me to to do this and I'm like I can't do it and I'm wearing big sunglasses and we're talking about the whole history and I'm like crying and I'm like babe I can't I can't do it anymore it hurts too much I don't want to do this and you know I, y'all I'm sure y'all have been there the tables are really close together um yeah. for, for people who are not in LA it's worth saying people in LA do not talk to their neighbors at restaurants so even though we're very close to tables everyone just sort of like sunglasses on doing their own thing eating your butter lettuce eating salad your, which yes, is the best yeah, salad with shallots really on it I really have that salad. good food um so we're sitting there I'm like crying behind these big sunglasses I'm like I can't I can't and all of a sudden this man slams his hand down on our table and he says I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I can't I could not help but overhear your conversation I am adopted and my parents lost two babies through adoption before they got me and if they had given up I would not be sitting at this table right now in Beverly Hills. I would not have graduated first in my class. I would not have met my wife. I would not be a record executive. I would not be any of these things. You can't give up. You have to keep trying. And I'm like sobbing behind my, like just dying. Um, and I felt like God was like, just one more time, just, just try again, just one more time. And faith's a huge thing for me. And I gotta tell you in this walk, I felt like I had lost a lot of that faith and for months after we lost the twins I just kept crying like God you where are you where are you 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 brought us here and you left us and I don't where are you and uh, walking back to valet I felt God just speak over me like I was always here I was always here and that man's name was Noah and that is our daughter's name that is so cool yeah that so is our, amazing. That's our story. I was going to say when you told me her name, I yeah. was like, what a beautiful name. Yeah, and that was named after the man who told us to keep trying. And now you have four kids. I have four kids. So many kids. I just want to say after hearing that story, if anyone says they don't have time with what you've accomplished, that's a horrible excuse. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're, we're making it work. Yeah, time with four kids. I mean, yeah. no, everyone has time. Yeah, you got, you just have to figure it out for yourself. So switching there. gears. Yeah. What's your favorite success? My marriage. Um, we work really, really hard on our, we want to have an exceptional marriage, not good, not great, exceptional. Um, and what does that look like to you? That looks like, what does that mean to he's you? He's my best friend. We still text all day. We still make out like we did when we first met. 
I could use a good makeout session I mean, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's depends, my polite way of saying. Depends if you're eating all that garlic by the clove, right? I eat garlic cloves. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Um, Listen, I get it. Sometimes, sometimes problem. I get a pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're but, eating garlic like apples, you know. It's <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, we wanna we wanna still be in love and want each other you know 50 years from now and so i think that takes work and intention and dating each other and and what does some of that work look like like what are some practical steps that a couple could take to we have have we have a weekly date night that is sacred like it is has we've done it forever which is same night of the week uh usually yeah because the babysitter knows that she's gonna stay on that night and our kids know to expect it um so we go out we're really intentional about mixing it up going to different places not getting in that rut not doing the same thing um we don't want to talk about our kids when we're on a date we want to pretend that this is like what life was like before all of this responsibility came down on us so um yeah, it's a weekly date night. It's um, I think that you have to choose every day to have a happy marriage. There's so many things with your partner that you could be annoyed with or frustrated by or get pissed off over. Um, like his hairspray smells so bad he's got to get a new one. Or just like, yeah, right? Many things um, that you're like, stop. Would you stop leaving your clothes on the floor? I mean, you're 43. Can we stop? And I could get really pissed off really easily or I could be like, oh, my God, just let's this this is not the hill i'm gonna die on today um your next book will be boy pick up your shirt i know honestly honestly lauren has died on many hills (laughs) yeah i don't want to i mean the thing is i also came from um parents who screamed and fought and i don't ever ever want that so um we will constantly we don't always get there but we're always going to reach for um I don't know, joy and laughing. We laugh our butts off every day. Um, So yeah, I think treating him like my best friend, because I think I show up for my friends in a different way than I maybe would for my husband. I don't know why I did air quotes. Um, But uh, acting like we're friends instead of just, you know, married is, is, has been a big deal. Well, Rachel, you got a shitload going on. <laughs> I really do, on. man. Tell us where we can find your what, book. What's, yeah, let's talk about the book. What's what's going on? The book is called Girl, Wash Your Face, which I think is that how we know each other? Like, did you read the book? Is that how you... That's, okay. No, I think I found... No, no. Here's what happened. Okay. A Skinny Confidential reader messaged me and said, you will really, really like this one. Oh, woman. that's cool. And so I went to look at your page and I just saw you had so much community. Mm-hmm. And then I went and bought your book. Yeah. Read your book. Oh, and then I reached out. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. So the book is available everywhere um, that you can find a book. It's called Girl, Wash Your Face. My favorite platform is Instagram because um, it's pretty and it makes me happy. Um, but yeah. What's your handle? Oh, Miss Rachel Hollis. And what's next? Uh, we are about to move in 10 days to Austin, Texas. My husband is leaving a massive job to come and scale this company with me. And we're moving our team. We're doing, we're moving those children. So that's a big focus for us. Um, and then there's some other stuff we haven't announced yet until he leaves. We'll look forward <laughs> to it. Austin's a cool place. It is. A lot of cool people rad. moving if out Rachel there. Rachel has time to wash her face with four kids. I'm expecting everyone out there who's listening to wash their face every Feels night. Feels important. Yeah. Use an oil cleanser yeah, if you yeah, can. Yeah. Just oh, wash your yeah. face. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. <laughs> 
Okay, guys, if you saw my latest Instagram, you saw the announcement where we shared that we hit 16 million unique downloads, which is so exciting. And that is all because of you. Because of this, we decided to launch a podcast site that's separate from the Skinny Confidential. It's called tscpodcast.com. And basically, it's a very streamlined experience for you. So what you can do is go get all the resources. You can see all the offers. Um, you can see books all the different recommendations, beauty products, everything from our guests and from us in one spot. And I'm really proud of it right now because we also just added a search function. So even if you're confused and you want to look up a topic that we may have talked about in the past, you could just search anything and that episode should pop up or that topic that we covered on that episode should pop up. Yeah, it's very, very, very chic. It's uh, black marble mixed with pink. So you got that him and her aspect. Again, you can check it out at tscpodcast.com. If you guys rate and review the show, please screenshot it and email it to ask Lauren at the skinny confidential. And we will send you my five top beauty hacks straight to your inbox. We hope you love this episode with Rachel and we'll see you next Tuesday. This episode was brought to you by Grove Collaborative. Grove Collaborative offers healthy alternatives to household supplies, and we use it for all our cleaning supplies. Come straight to our door. To try Grove Collaborative, go to grove.co, not.com, slash skinny. Again, that's grove.co, not.com, slash skinny. For $30 in free supplies and a special gift, plus a two-month VIP membership. This episode was brought to you by Liquid IV, the insane tasting and portable powder drink mix. So basically, Liquid IV is changing and enhancing the way we hydrate. Liquid IV uses breakthrough cellular transport technology, also known as CTT, to deliver hydration to the bloodstream faster and more efficiently than just water alone. Here's the deal, guys. We use this every time we travel, every time we're having a couple cocktails, every time we're feeling a little bit hungover. I need that all the time. So for those of you that want to try this product, the team at Liquid IV is offering all of our listeners 15% off at checkout when you enter code SKINNY15. Definitely try this if you're feeling a little dehydrated. So go to liquid-iv.com and enter code SKINNY15 at checkout to try the product.